Hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by 444.com. I'm Ryan Newton. Joining me as always, fellow 444.com writer, Connor Allen. What's going on, man? How was week three? Great. I had one of the best week of props I've had in a long time. My prop column went uh, 12-2 and two, um, and was up, you know, like almost 10 units on the week. Um, so, I mean, it was definitely one of the better weeks in terms of props. Overall, you know, we got down heavy on the Patriots. We got down heavy on the Steelers. Um, I mean, it was a good week of sides, good week of props. Definitely can't complain. It was good. We get to hang out and sweat that Pats one together with uh, one of our guests' favorite friends of the show, uh, Evan Silva. We had uh, Daigle from week one guest in-house too. So, you know, we were responsible, kind of socially distanced, kind of, you know, masks a little bit. We, we, we did it well all things considered, but uh, excited to unpack week four with a uh, returning guest, friend of the show. We could find him now on You Better, You Bet as well. It is none other than Joey Knish himself. What's up, brother? I tell you what, I've been looking forward to chopping it up with you two all season here. We've been ready <laughs> to get going. Uh, I've got to, you know, it, it's, I tell you what, it sucks that uh, it's coming off a good week for Alan and Silva. That's I, I, I feel like this is, I've been set up here where you're like, uh, like all of a sudden yeah, Alan goes 12 and two and then Silva's Josh Allen takes a roll in and then, oh, Kanish, let's have you back. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have been after like a, you know, an offer and, you know, Josh Allen breaks his leg or so then I want to come back. So I can blow the whole show, but no, Good to be here, and uh, I'll uh, I'll deal with the punches as they come. Well, look at that schedule. I don't know that you're going to find a Josh Allen stinker on there. That's the problem, you know. It's a big problem. The- it's a big problem for uh, <laughs> for a lot of us that that tweeted too many negative things. I will say this is this is what I took a Bills. So I play a lot of alt win totals before and after the season. I have a Bills over 12. So if Josh Allen can get to 13 or more wins, I'll take every ounce of shit they want to give me because <laughs> I'll be, you know, sitting in the, you know, be the, the duck that jumps into the money pool there. If he ends up 12 or less, or like 11, 12, where he still wins a lot and I still got to eat shit, but I don't win any money, then it's a total <laughs> loss for me. So, uh, We'll we'll see where I know they're gonna go like twelve and four and I get fucked. Silva gets all the accolades and Uncle Case in there just stewing with a you know a, a, a lot of shit. So, but no, no, nice to get in here, uh, be back on and be able to, to. Now we're in the crux of the NFL season. Lines a little tighter here and uh, see if we can still still search out some uh, some early value. Well, the people liked your uh, you know multiple off season appearances, so we're happy to get in here and cut up and uh, talk shop now that we have real football games so you can find Kanish on twitter at joey Kanish 22 you can find connor there as well connor allen nfl and i'm there at ryan noonan and don't forget to find our podcast as well we're on there at move the line nfl we've increased the ways that you can consume move the line this year obviously still knocking out podcast form expanded that as well we're on spotify along with itunes stitcher google uh all of those things rate review us keeps the lights on lets it uh other people find us as well we're also going to be streaming weekly as well we're doing this now live on 444.com's periscope and this will also be taking that stream over to the twitch streets as well and then also on 444's youtube page so again lots of different ways to consume us so before we get into the week i want to kick off our wake and take section with a really hot tweet that came out on sunday mid games uh kanisha need you to, to talk me through it is from you none other than yourself 
Uh, and it's usually hot been, stuff when it's coming out of there. I'll tell you what. <laughs> been telling people all summer these Bills and Allen are legit. Nobody would listen. <laughs> Kanish, defend yourself. I mean, you know, there might have been, I, I would say maybe I was hacked over the summer and there's some anti Josh <laughs> Allen stuff on my account. I don't know where it came from, but uh, I don't fucking know when this guy's the fucking goods this year. I, I really, I. I am shocked how open the offense is. It's not that, you know, you, you could, I could see him taking this. It's that they're like, he's throwing for 300 plus yards. Uh, they almost choked that. I was really, you know, I was really hoping they were going to gack that game away. They almost did for the end there. So that was, uh, I had a few Dexter tweets fired up if they've, but then I had to delete those. <laughs> they're, they're still in my draft somewhere. But uh, I mean, the bill, you know, the, it's what to say. He's playing better. They got better weapons. They got a soft ass schedule, um, and what, what what can you say? They, they're going to make a run. At it. I I would be shocked at this point if they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, and they're definitely the even though the Cam has has looked as good as what we thought. Um, I, I would you know they're chalk over the Patriots to win the division. I think they're they're all around better roster than the Patriots right now. Um, and he's I don't think he's going to now. I will say. I know all that he, you know, Mr. Silva, uh, Allen MVP and that. Unless the media is lathering up Russ real early. And unless he has a big fall off, they are going to give him this MVP award. Unless the Seahawks, I would say anything better than nine or ten wins, he's going to be your MVP. Um, I've even debated adding some, you know, plus 200 or stuff that's out there. Because unless you see a big fall off from him – the media is giving him this MVP award, uh, regardless of, of, of <laughs> even if he has a little bit of a decline in performance. So, yeah, no, Allen's been good. I'll eat crow early. Uh, the Bills are on it, but I, I still would be would be rather shocked unless they can do something like you know fourteen and two, fifteen and one, um, if he can contend for the MVP award. I don't think I've ever seen as much preseason or you know early season MVP talk. It's like literally a you know. Monday morning quarterback stuff every week. It's like, damn, can we get to like November a little bit? Like, especially this season with all the, like we saw it finally this week. Shit's kind of hit the fan a little bit for the first time with COVID stuff in season. So just like, let's just, let's just let the season play out a little bit, pump the brakes. We'll get some MVP stuff. I know we're always looking at it, trying to get some nice, you know, value on futures numbers, but just as far as like a mainstream media push, I think it's a whole weird dynamic of, Russ has been so good for so long. He's never got an MVP vote. It's like the dudes literally get one vote at no point in Russ's career. Has he been like the absolute MVP case? It's just, it's so bizarre to me, but we did take some heat as well with you, Kanish, because we did, the three of us did a preseason award show podcast and we, you know, Josh Allen never came up as even a long shot talk. So Connor and I have, uh, have been twerped about as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think we, we turned a little quicker. So, <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. I like to double down whenever faced with adversity. Uh, uh, so, that. you know, yeah, I, as far as I'm not, I'm going to keep this, uh, keep this at least going publicly, uh, until <laughs> I get sense any sense of Bill's fall off. So no, here, I, I noticed that uh, I know the, the tide is turning, but, um, I'm going to go down with the, the anti-Allen Titanic here. Uh, he's still not going to win the and MVP. I mean, I tell you, like, you, we might have not brought it up, and you can say, oh, I got a 50-to-1 ticket. It's a nice number. He's still not going to win the award. I, I mean, you, uh, Russ, 
people that want to give it to Russ, you got Mahomes again. You got Rodgers playing well. Uh, you got Kyler Murray in the mix. Cam's in the mix. So, listen, he can have all the bragging rights that he got a nice number. He's still not going to win the fucking award. So, at the end of the day, it still pays zero dollars when he's not going to win. So, uh, it's a nice he can, you know, uh, brag on Twitter. And, you know, well, I see him liking the tweets, too. You can tell him that time. I see him liking every anti-Allen tweet I've ever had uh, that he's searching every fucking Sunday. So, but he's still not going to make it. So, at the end of the day, zero dollars is zero dollars. So, congratulations. He got a nice number and some nice value. But it still pays shit. <laughs> well, we all we all collectively were, were laughing pretty hard when we saw this this tweet from you. So it's good stuff. I think he's enjoying the bit. So lean into it. You know, don't go the other way. Hold strong. It's, no, uh, no, I don't, no, no, listen, listen. When Uncle Gay digs into the trenches, there's no, uh, there's no coming out. I'd rather you know eat the grenade than uh, you know jump on the Silva bandwagon. Uh, all right, let's get into week four. Uh, zero teams on back-to-back road games this week, which is interesting. Never happens. Won't happen again this season. Uh, we have eight of 16 games with totals above 50. That is just kind of indicative of what we've seen through three weeks, which is scoring up about five and a half points per game on average. We're seeing penalties dialed way back. We're seeing scoring all over the place. Uh, so let's unpack the first game. We have the Browns on the road against Dallas. Dallas, four and a half point favorites here at home, total at 56. As we typically see with the Cowboys, a massive public team getting a ton of early action here. 80% of the bets, nearly 90% of the handle so far backing Dallas. Kick it off, Kanish. What do you think about this one? I mean, you, you, and we even can go into a little bit of a, a macro discussion here, real quick, about the totals. Uh, I, I mean, it's been over mania to, to start the season. And, you know, I, I've seen different, you know, a, a friend of mine, Rapazola, tweeted out, you know, the penalties um, data uh, that a lot of, you know, the holdings way down um, yeah. and the pace of plays up. And you can talk about maybe the, the defense is behind the offer for whatever the reason. But, uh, I mean, the scoring tick up has been. In say like this is a game, and just to to tie a bow on it, that if you would have told me that Cowboys Browns would be trading, um, you know, around fifty six in week three, I would have said you were on the fucking sauce. Um, <laughs> total would be insane. Would have been in like the biggest NFL total play of my life. Um, would be on, under fifty six. I, I still think. I still think it's too high for, for, for what the way that the, the Browns run. I know the Cowboys have been just, you know, the, the defense has been shit. They've been playing fast. They've been, you know, the fantastic offense. Um, it, it's still, for me, the way the Browns have played, uh, and I know they've had some secondary injuries. Hopefully i got to check the latest injury report to see if they're able to get some of those guys back um, this week. That'll, that'll be crucial in their secondary to slow it down. Um but but this is one for me that that there's you know there's going to be a point here with all these overs where you start seeing regression to the mean and the numbers tick up where it's going to come back and this is one that the only way I could look I don't have a strong feeling on the side the only way I could look is an under fifty six here because um, I think the Browns are they're a slower paced team they want to run the football um, if it gets gets off script any type of way. Uh, 56 is just a lot of points in an NFL game, uh, even with the current over. So that's what I, I'm waiting for the injury reports, but that's the early look for me. I haven't submitted yet, um, but I want to see who the Browns are on defense and the Cowboys, but I'm looking towards an under here. Yeah, especially if you think the Dallas or if uh, you think Cleveland can hang, 
knowing how run heavy they really want to be, yep. you got to think that that plays into the under. It's climbed a lot, like 53 and a half is kind of where it opened. And, you know, even, you know, when Connor was working on the sheet yesterday, I think the total was posted at like 54 and a half. It's continued to climb today, getting absolutely pounded. What are your thoughts here, Connor? Yeah, for me, no, no take on the side, but I think it is worth noting that, I mean, Dallas has been just so bad in the secondary, second in explosive pass rate so far. I mean, part of that goes into the people that he, they've played, but still it's like their secondary is getting beat routinely. Uh, as we saw, you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, had like yards on these guys. Um, and so, I mean, obviously they're very good receivers, but still it's, it was noticeable. Um, and the issue is the Cleveland defense hasn't played well either. And in total, they've allowed 38, 30, and 20 points to Washington, who, you know, I'm we're pretty confident is not a very good team at this point. Um, so I don't know. I'm thinking that maybe Baker can be, you know, efficient here, but it's, I think he's going to be in plenty, like playing catch up. I lean Dallas a little bit here, but at four and a half, I think it's about right. Um, for me, I'll probably attack this through player props. I like. Um, Nick Chubb to potentially go under some totals here. Cowboys have only allowed 3.7 yards per carry. Um, they're underdogs, and Nick Chubb doesn't really have a big role in the passing game. So if they do fall behind, I think that um, Chubb is going to be phased out of the game here. Um, it could also be, you know, a Jarvis Landry week who hasn't really performed this season, but against Dallas, the secondary, who's been susceptible to slot receivers and, I mean, really any receivers. But at this point, uh, I think Landry is in play for a bounce back. And same with Odell Beckham, who was number two in Hermsmeyer's Bilo model. Um, probably in general, probably take a chub under and then, you know, lay off the rest of the game. Yeah, it feels like an eruption spot for Odell. Like you said, you know, Kanish was talking about it too. They're, Dallas is starting street free agents in the back half. Um, you know, you mentioned Dallas 31st and explosive pass rate allowed. You know, it's not a high volume passing offense. So we haven't seen that type of production from Landry and Odell but if they get in a negative game script here and they're kind of forced their hand it kind of coincides with what you're talking about with Chubb unders and things like that like this there's definitely ways to lean in this game both as far as total and spread and player props depending on specific game scripts so I think it's definitely a way to watch that one here too I, I'm, I'm with Kanish though I mean I don't know I'm not taking 56 under but man it feels really high just I know Dallas can't help themselves with being in games that score 60 points, but damn, that's, it's just a, it's a lot. Uh, Zeke's passing game usage, we heard about it all preseason. They've kind of produced that so far. Uh, Ten targets in week three, have three drops, but again, he's dude's on the field, 98% of the snaps, massive, massive workload. Could be a nice spot for him too. All right, uh, next spot. Uh, game's off the board currently with all that's going on, but we'll talk shop as if it's going to play. Pittsburgh on the road against Tennessee. Uh, Pittsburgh was posted at one before it came down. Um, I jumped on it immediately, got Pittsburgh minus one, which is lovely. Uh, Titans 3-0, and 0-3 against the number, though. Kanish, talk to me about the spot. No, this is what I mean. I saw the early, early I had this, uh, you know, Pittsburgh like plus one and I when it first hit the board. Um, and that was probably going to be, you know, like one of the the favorite tease pieces of the season uh, was to get that up, you know, around the six, uh, seven and a half or seven uh, on a six point teaser. I still agree with you. I, I liked Pittsburgh uh, outright as, as the side is. I will say this is going to be, um, you know, maybe one of the, uh, the, the, the most uncertain or hard to quantify events uh, we've had in recent NFL where, you know, you've got trends um, that, that, that you are able to bake into the market, whether it be back-to-back road games or, um, or officiator, different things that that you have some history on. A team 
like getting practice delayed for X amount of days um, and then having short, you know, same amount of rest, um, but different practices or or less practice than the other team they're facing um, is not a scenario that, that, that you, uh, you can recall in, in recent NFL. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that matters. I don't know if that, that should, you know, if that should be worth a point or a point and a half. Um, just out now, I, I like the Steelers in, in the game. And like I said, if you can get the, the minus one, I think the market, just due to those factors, will take this up um, regardless. But but it, it's a hard game to analyze because um, this is something that, that that's kind of on, on unforeseen territory here uh, with, with, you know, you know, COVID college football has been a total – a total mania and wild else. And this is the first taste of, of kind of some NFL differences of uh, who's out for Tennessee. And then does this, this lack of practice or this absence, uh, how much does that matter and how hard is it to quantify? Um, I was excited for James Connor and DFS I'm still going to be excited about James Connor in the prop market when that emerges, um, you know, clearly looks like his backfield. Everyone was bearing in week one, Benny Snell putting the ball on the ground, not a good thing. And the Titans sneakily struggled against the run so far dead last an explosive run rate allowed, 22nd adjusted line yards, giving up massive second-level open field yards to definitely be targeting uh, James Conner here for sure. And then last year with the Titans, man, massive efficiency. Just they couldn't get to the red zone and not score a touchdown. And now they are by far leading the league in uh, field goal per touchdown rates, like double the league average. It's just a Steven Guskowski show somehow um, crashing back in a massive, massive way. I know we don't have this game, Connor, as far as Sunday goes. We'll probably see it, all things considered, either Monday or Tuesday, it sounds like. What are your thoughts on this one? I think we're going to see it on Monday. Um, that seems like what the latest reports have it. Um, I played this at minus one. I would play the, the Steelers up to minus three. Uh, I think we might see a little bit of an overreaction in the market just based on the news, kind of what Kanish said. Like I think that we could end up seeing the Steelers being favored by like you know four and a half or more, um, which – uh, you know, at this point, it's probably a little too much for me. I'd probably play it up only up to three. If it's still a three with everything that's going on, I would definitely play it considering they're playing as a team who hasn't really practiced all week and, you know, all that. Um, it seems like they'll be missing their long snapper. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm not really sure how that plays into it. But still, I think regardless, even all things equal, if they were playing a regular game without all that stuff, the Steelers first in rushing success rate allowed. We know the Titans want to run the ball with Derrick Henry, but they're a stout run defense. Um, and fourth and passing success rate allowed their defense has just been, you know, playing very well. And then compared to the Titans who have allowed 30 to both the Jaguars and the Vikings in back-to-back weeks. Um, I think this is a smash spot for the Steelers. I think that they end up winning by, you know, probably a touchdown, but you know, the spread, depending what it opens at, I would take it up to three. The Steelers have one of these games every year, typically, and it's usually against the worst opponent. In Tennessee, where they just play down to the level of their competition and get absolutely boat raced. I don't feel like this is a spot for them yet. They'll let us down at some points, but I think Tennessee is at least a uh, borderline playoff team. And that's kind of, you know, we see it historically with, you know, they go to Miami and they fall on their face or they'll lose to, you know, Cincinnati or Cleveland when they shouldn't. So uh, I feel pretty good about Pittsburgh here, but you made a good point, Connor. I do think we'll see an overreaction. If it gets above a field goal, uh, I would, I wouldn't chase it anymore. All right, next we have the Saints on the road against the Lions. Saints, four-point favorites here on the road against Kanish's ball club. Total here at 54. Saints, a little bit of a public team, I mean, I guess, at this point. They've been relevant for a few years. Not shocking to see 75% of the bets backing them so far, though the line has held at four. 
which is interesting to see. Saints looking to get Michael Thomas back this week. And as expected, this Detroit defense is a absolute problem. Kanish, your floor. I mean, they counted us out. You know, they we were 0-2. <laughs> People thought we were on the mat. People thought, oh, egg on the face. Lions aren't going to big win in Arizona last weekend. <laughs> um, I will say, the, <laughs> there's a couple of just Lions and anomalies that are absolutely insane. One, that they gave Adrian Peterson 22 carries last week uh, with two second-round picks, healthy and on the <laughs> roster. They didn't give Swift the carry. Carry on Johnson was used as like a pass blocker. Um, riding Peter, I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's like a win now. They're going to be fired if they like don't go, you make the playoffs. But to ride, you're going to be, you know, what does he look like in week six or eight if you're giving him 20-plus carries uh, in a row? That, it, absolutely insanity. Offense was – Galladay was back. He wasn't 100%. He makes a massive, massive difference, creates a bunch of, uh, you know, different – it basically takes each, uh, you know, other guy where Marvin Jones is now playing cornerback two. Marvin Hall is out there, you know. It, it just made the offense look much more crisp. The offensive line, actually, uh, is pass blocking pretty well, too. I saw, though, Next Gen had – um, like a stats where they, they cross-reference blitz rate and pass rush win rate. And like every, I'd have to tweet the graphic to make it, you know, but like every team was either in the middle or up. Or the lines were like dead bottom corner last, like falling off the graph. They're so bad. <laughs> and like they never blitz and they never get any pass rush win rate um, and never get any pressure on the quarterback. So uh, I will say that the Lions are another one. You've got to watch the injury report. Uh, a couple of the young corners, Okuda was, you know, they had some interceptions last week, but it was more fortune than it really was, um, you know, great play. So Desmond Trufant, if he's back, he makes a massive difference. Also, is Michael Thomas in or not? That makes a massive difference because you've seen uh, New Orleans really uh, – Drew Brees cannot push the ball down the field. And so if he doesn't have, you know, Thomas there running those, you know, 5- to 15-yard routes, Emmanuel Sanders looks old. Um, you know, the, the, the Saints have been basically checked down city here. Uh, so for me, this is another one where – I think the total's high. Uh, you know, uh, playing unders is, is, you know, a little bit dicey now, but I would play under 54, and I'm going to look for a four and a half. If I, if Thomas is out and Trufant is in, for me, that's an auto lines play there. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a bit dicey. I'll play four and a half regardless uh, and probably half on an under 54. Uh, I'll see if I can get to 55, but I, I'm going to be – Unless the injury wheel goes poorly, uh, I'm likely going to be on the lines in some capacity here uh, as a home doggy. It, it's times like these when, you know, I feel blessed to be joined by the best Lions <laughs> podcaster in the game. In the game? Truly, truly incredible You want some money line? I know you were, talking, you were texting me like, uh, you know, a Lions money line two weeks in a row here. Uh, so, you know, that's. You're going to have to pull out the receipts for that one because I don't think they exist. Um, <laughs> I, I can get on board with it here, though, maybe. I mean, I don't really have too much of a play on either on the side or the total. Um, I'll, all I really know is Detroit isn't very good defensively in, in total. Like you said, they don't get much pressure. Um, I think that Kyler mostly just played pretty poorly last week. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily that Detroit's defense is all that good. But, hey, I mean, could be wrong. Uh, on the other side of the ball, New Orleans, though, really hasn't been good against the pass either. So I think this could be a good week to attack some Kenny Galladay props. Like you said, you know, maybe he wasn't 100%, but he looked good. He opened up the offense. Uh, I think he'll be utilized uh, 
fairly frequently this week, and maybe you'll be able to catch some low prop numbers. So I'll definitely be interested in that when it opens. Definitely want to track how this works coming uh, moving forward. Obviously, without Galladay, that was a massive, massive loss for that team. He's you know he's no Adrian Peterson, but he's a difference maker. And last week, just two of Stafford's thirty-one attempts were twenty yards down the field. We saw really there was a lot of buzz in the offseason about how good they looked last year. Daryl Bevel with Stafford, how aggressive they were, massive a dot taking chances, and again they have. They really do have the talent on the outside to do it with Hawkinson, with Marvin, with Galladay. So I, you know, I don't know if it was just kind of a, a game script thing, if it was kind of the way that Arizona was playing them, but I want to see if they can get back to, you know, pushing the ball down the field a little bit more, be a little bit more bullish on this offense moving forward, looking at some Detroit props and team totals. As far as Galladay goes, I'll kind of sit and wait and see what happens there. But that's kind of interesting for me to to see. And on the other end, you mentioned though, no Michael Thomas. This is a totally different team. It just becomes Elvin Kamara show. 44% target share on Monday night, 14 targets. <laughs> I mean, it's insane, insane to catch 13 balls as the running back position. He's so good after the catch. Um, Detroit's defense is uh, not really equipped to handle that. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I want to see the Kamara prop numbers here. But, yeah, mostly here I just really want to see what happens with Detroit's offense. want them to be aggressive. That way they're at least fun to watch and they can be in some uh, some good shootouts. They can be like the Falcons. They can be like, uh, you know, maybe a better Panthers. And, uh, you know, we can at least attack them in the prop market. All right, this one is the condition was talking about the Browns and Cowboys total and being like, what in the world are we talking about? If you would have told me that the Vikings and Texans total would be at 54 and a half. I'd be pretty surprised as well. So we have here Texans three and a half point favorites here at home. Public leaning on Houston here slightly. Total, like I said, a little high considering the pace of play that these two clubs play at. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Connor? I don't really have too much to lean on the spreader total, but because both of these teams have just shown you know, a lot of ups and a lot of downs so far, uh, especially the Vikings with a lot of downs. But their secondary, I mean, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, I think all you need to do is just have them run like straight, you know, and then like have Deshaun Watson choose whichever one has at least a yard on the opposing cornerback this week because these guys are so slow and they're getting burned routinely. I mean, I think that both of those players should have a good week. Um, and so I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tough for me to really handicap this game because uh, I expect the Vikings to lean heavily on Dalvin Cook. The Texans are allowing 5.8 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Um, so I think that this is a good spot for them to potentially lean heavily on him and attack the prop market there. But, you know, Justin Jefferson's breakout I also thought was awesome. I mean, he's a great player. Uh, I just didn't think that it would happen this early. But they seem to make it a, a point after week two when, you know, they weren't thrilled, I don't think, with, you know, B.C. Johnson, you know, getting all these targets and Adam Thielen basically being the only guy that Kirk Cousins trusted which is kind of what it seemed like when we were, you know, the first few weeks. But now with, you know, maybe some more passing options there and Dalvin Cook, um, you know, attacking this defense, I don't really have too much of a play on the side, but I think it could be pretty high scoring. But again, like, I think you guys you guys hit it pretty well. I mean, 55, 54 and a half points is a lot. Like, that is already, you know, kind of factored into the market, I think. Yeah. I mean, the defense, as you noted, some of the stats, I mean, they've both been atrocious. Great spot for both offenses. It's just... You know, I don't know really what to make of Houston's defense. We didn't think they would be really good coming in, and they just they started the season with the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers. That's an absolutely brutal 
schedule that they've had to run through. So kind of at least a little bit of a reprieve this week, bringing the Vikings defense into town. What are your thoughts here, Kanish? No, you know what? This one got some, uh, the Texans got some interesting market respect last week uh, against the Steelers where that opened up, uh, you know, five and a half right around there. And I thought it'd stay, and it, it, they steamed down to, you know, three and a half at close, even yeah. uh, three and a half, four. So um, there was some, some serious money bullish on Houston last week. And for a minute there, it, it, you know, they were in the game for the first half, um, kind of fell apart towards the end. I don't have, I, again, this is one I, I, I could only play under. Um, I, I'll probably, uh, th- you know, this will be, we- I'm not going to, you know, unload on unders, um, but on some totals that I think are high like this one, uh, I think we'll see some regression and I'll probably, you know, do half plays on under. I don't have much on the side here. Uh, I, I mean, did the Vikings have some resurgence last week on the run game? Yes. Uh, do I really want to lean on their pass game if they get down a few scores? No. Um, it, it, it's not something that's, you know, it, it been tough to back both of these either of these teams early in the season uh for me if i had a gun to my head if i'm playing aside i'm taking the three and a half i don't think houston's good enough to be laying uh over a field goal especially with the reduced hfa um so for me if i'm taking a side it's three and a half you know i play that in a pool or something uh but am i actually you know betting that right now no uh if anything it'll be that half play on the under 54 and a half yeah delvin cook props and connor i think outlined it really well with will fuller and brandon cooks um for sure. I mean, in DFS, I think Brandon Cooks is, is going to be a way to go. Everyone and their brother is going to want to play Will Fuller at home against the shit secondary, and people are not going to play Brandon Cooks. So, All right, next we have the uh, Colts on the road against the Bears. Colts, two-and-a-half-point favorites here on the road. You don't often see a 3-0 and team posted as a short dog at home. Uh, it is the Bears, though, so it makes sense. Um, I'm sure this is a – situational trend betters wet dream though they'll definitely be looking to jump on that because you know you don't typically see that but again the bears feel like a pretty fraudulent three and oh having to come back in all their games so far i also don't know what to make of this colts defense are you like are they really good like they played jacksonville minnesota and the jets uh super hard to gauge but again leading the league in yards per drive points per drive drive success rate so far feels a little bit indicative of the schedule more so than you know, the skill set of this team. What are your thoughts on this one, Kanish? No, this was one I actually, uh, I, it's my largest current play of the week. Um, I took some, there was on the look ahead markets, um, which you can actually get good money down, down on the week. Uh, like you're looking into the next week. Now, uh, there was, it opened up Colts minus one, uh, Westgate. Uh, and then that was kind of copied by a lot of places. So, I bet minus one, uh, uh, relatively heavy here, uh, cause I thought this would be more two and a half or three. Um, I would still play, uh, even, even a two there if you can find uh, a flat two, mostly two and a half in the market at DraftKings is sitting minus two and a half. Um, I will say, uh, the concern for me would be not so much, uh, you know, do I think the Bears are fraudulent? Yes, but Paris Campbell now hurt. Um, Michael Pittman now hurt. Uh, so, the Colts weaponry, which wasn't great to begin with, um, is now looking uh, even less so uh, from an offense. I actually think Phil Rivers ha- has looked, oh, you know, reasonably okay. You know, there were some concerns last year. You know, was he washed? Um, 
I don't think this is one I would want to. Uh, I got to keep some tabs on the weather here for Chicago. Phil Rivers outdoors, and you know, in the wind is not uh, the type of arm that I'm looking to really back. I, I feel much more comfortable when, when he's indoors at the the friendly confines uh, of Lucas Oil than than I do having you know. But I don't think the weather in Chicago, uh, you know, kind of have to give me an update. I haven't walked down there, uh, you know, <laughs> taking Uber or something to the stadium on Sunday um, to make sure that it's not too bad. Um, but again, this is one I, I like the Colts. I laid minus one. I would still lay minus two and a half. Uh, I would not play three. Um, so I think you'll see some. Again, this total is one that's sitting down there, so it's a lower total game, even with the the overmania we've seen. Uh, this is one that, that that's very very critical of. Uh, if anything, I'd be looking uh, to to right now. You know, there's a minus one thirty at DraftKings. Uh, to, I feel a little bit better as as a Colts money line because uh, I think this will be. It'll be a low-scoring game. It'll be ugly. Um, I, I don't love the, you know, laying too many points here. Um, you could talk me into even a, a Bears, you know, tea, home tease there, getting plus eight and a half. So if, if you miss the good numbers here, uh, which were available either last week or early, um, I would not go any farther than two and a half. Two and a half would be a half play for me. Um and really, I think the totals totals right spot on. Um, so Colts for me probably play the money line now as opposed to the side. Uh, but minus one was a was a larger play, uh, and still lean that way at two and a half. Yeah, I got a one and a half, and tried to nudge Connor to get it on Sunday afternoon while we were watching games together. But we were talking a little Bears bit. Bears fanboy, he can't, you know, Chicago guy. He's uh, you know he's out running around town with a Dicker jersey on right now. They're three and zero, so. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I can see why you weren't able to convince him. <laughs> yeah, Dick's out for the Bears, but uh, oh man, yeah, this total is is dropped a little bit, forty four and a half, forty five, a little bit too. So now down to forty three under the key number there, forty four, which you see so common. But again, I, you know, like you said, I don't know that I want to chase this one with these two offenses. Bears the only team yet to score a rushing touchdown. They get in the red zone, and it is Jimmy Graham time. Um, 10 targets last week against Atlanta, seven of them from big Dick Nick. Once he got into the game, uh, four of them came in goal to go situations. So they don't need a running game in the red zone. It's just Jimmy Graham. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this spot, Connor? I think that just the massive asterisk for this Colts like defense is who they played. And you mentioned it, the jets, Jags and Vikings. I mean, and they're the all Vikings- too. Right, same reason. Yeah, offense. yeah, we don't exactly, know. and and so I don't really. There's just so much volatility with this game in the Colts, who I have. I mean, I talked about a little bit. I think that they're a little bit overvalued in, or they have been in the past in the market. But right now, I think this is probably about right. Um, you know, up to three. But also with Nick Foles, like we have no idea what we're going to get. He's been, you know, uh, 28 touchdown, two interception player, and he's also been a uh, player who you know, couldn't complete any passes at the end of, you know, prior to his MVP, Super Bowl MVP run. And then in Jacksonville, he looked terrible. Um, and given he was injured, but it's just like all these different factors that we don't really know what to expect. Obviously he looked good, you know, saving the game last week, but that's just what, what Nick Foles does, right? Like that's, that is Nick Foles, um, like personality and just kind of enigma at this point. So I, I don't know. I think that I'm probably staying away from this game. I would say that the right side, you know, all things considered probably is the Colts, but I don't know. I'm probably looking to play some David Montgomery overs in this one with Tariq Cohen out. Uh, I think that his pass catching usage is going to increase a bunch um, and against the Colts defense, which has been really good, but, um, and I'm not sure it's fully legit yet. 
So I think, I think that's probably how I'll attack this game. All right, interesting. Yeah, like I said, don't know what to make of the offense either. And we saw kind of a disheartening amount of carries for Jonathan Taylor last week. But again, that game was like over as soon as it started with the pick six and you know, they were milking the clock. And um, yeah, kind of an interesting one. I know we were looking at that prop market too. All right, next we have the uh, Chargers on the road against the Buccaneers. Uh, spread now at seven. It had been up to seven and a half earlier in the day. Totals dropped a little bit too, down to 43. Look at headlines again. I uh, had this at five and a half last weekend. I jumped on Tampa at five and a half. Now working to seven and through seven and a half. I mean, that's it's a little high, so I'm not surprised the market corrected it back down to seven. Uh, both Chris Godwin and Chris Harris Jr. out for each club, which kind of sucks. We'd love to see them battle in the slot. What are your thoughts on this one, Kanish? I, uh, you know what? I, I missed that that early five or five, so I'm gonna have to to chop that with you. Uh, let me know how much you got down. We'll text after the show here. I'll take a little piece of that. Um, but I have this is one of the totals. I again, this is I'm gonna be you know if the over trend keeps going, I'm probably be homeless by next week. I actually bet uh there was a forty five and a half uh cheap. I bet I bet some under. I don't think you know you saw it where Herbert came in. Uh, he looked, you know, relatively good. Then, you know, the game films out there. A team's got a full week to prep for him. Uh, he really struggled. Tampa's defense is legit. I, I mean, that's been the better part. Of, you know, all, all the offseason talk was Brady and the receivers and Gronk. The better part of their team's been the defense. Um, and on the same token, I don't think Tom Brady has played particularly well. Now, granted, Evans hasn't been 100%. Godwin's dealing with, uh, you know, he's had a couple of injuries their running game and their O-line hasn't been particularly great um, by any means. They're mixing in uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, a decent chunk there. And I'm, I'm not totally sold on, uh, you know, him j- just fitting into what they're trying to do. So, again, this is one uh, I played an under. I just, still, if you can find a 45, um, I like under. I, I, I like your side there in the early. At once it crosses the seven, though, um, you saw some buyback. Uh, the Chargers defense is just too much of a solid unit for me um, with the Bucks offense not totally clicking so far uh, to lay over a touchdown. I think seven's about right. Um, so for me, if, if you got in early like you did, that's a good bet. Um, but but now that it's settled in, not much I'd be looking here. Uh, if, if, if there's a play, it, it would be uh, – I can see – teasing Tampa down here uh, from, you know, a six-point teaser. If you can get those 110, uh, you know, from seven to one, uh, that makes sense to me. I think the Bucks win the game. I think they're the better team, uh, you know, with, with better quarterback. And you, do I think Herbert's going to go on the road here um, and, and win? No. So um, not too much. I like a, a decent play there on the side, under 45, if you can catch that. Um, and then Tampa and a tease would be the only look for me uh, on the side. Nice teaser. We'll get there for sure. That's on the board later. Connor, what are your thoughts here? I think it could potentially be an under under game, you know, with two underrated defenses. Um, the Tampa Bay defense has been really good in most areas, only allowing 2.6 yards per carry on the ground right now. And also first in explosive run rate allowed, fifth in explosive pass rate allowed, which is, uh, you know, very key towards winning games and not allowing explosive plays. Um, I agree with Kanish, though. I don't think that Brady has looked, you know, extraordinary given some of his weapons have been out. But um, I think it'll. this is not really the time to take advantage of that. I, I don't think this is the spot, um, especially with how Justin Herbert has played lately. Um, he's been, you know, all over the place. He played well against the Chiefs, but then, you know, really I thought took a little bit of a step back. But the one thing that I think we can key in on is him being captain checkdown, 
checking down to Keenan Allen and to Austin Eckler, who, you know, really, really is coming on now in the passing game after seeing one target with Tyrod Taylor in week one, uh, seen 11 targets since Justin Turbo team has also allowed 31 targets to opposing running backs through three weeks. Um, I mean, he'll probably see a prop at like four and a half receptions. Take the over here. I also like Joshua Kelly to go under for reasons that I talked about. Potentially, you know, his line will be set around 50 yards. Um, we'll probably project it for closer to 30, 35 at four for four. Um, so against this Tampa Bay defense, negative game script. I think Josh Kelly, especially after a fumble too last week, could get end up phasing out with a little bit more Eckler. So I'll, I'll be definitely interested to see uh, those two props here. Um, but otherwise, I'm not really touching this, you know, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette backfield split. It seemed like Leonard Fournette had it, you know, kind of secured going into last week. And then uh, I think Ronald Jones like outsnapped him and outplayed him. So, um, I mean, at this point, and Leonard Fournette also sat out of practice on Wednesday. Um, so I think this is a really tough situation going forward and not one that I'm going to be, you know, really putting too much attention to. Yeah, Eckler, we saw last week, surprisingly negative game script, 11 targets. That's a shit ton of targets. Uh, and then Keenan Allen, 39% target share in the two starts with Justin Herbert under center. So, yeah, his prop numbers are going to be something to take a look at too. Even against a tough matchup, the volume could be there alone to to kind of let him hit those reception and maybe even yardage props too. So I want to take a look at that. All right, next we have the Ravens on the road against Washington. Uh, total here at 13 and a half. Total at 50 and a half. Laying double digit points on the road never feels right. I'm not sure uh, that I will, but it feels kind of like a unique setup. I mean, first, obviously, COVID, no fans. So we know that home field advantage is a little bit different this year. And then really, like, does this even constitute as travel for the Ravens? It's like a bus ride to, you know, to Washington, D.C. It's not your typical travel. It's not like Seattle's flight to Miami this week. It's definitely a different beast. So, you know, after getting boat raced on Monday Night Football, I think it's an interesting spot for the Ravens here. And, you know, it's we talked about it a lot, Connor, last week. I mean, you kind of like some of the pieces on both sides of the ball for Washington, but I don't know. Haskins does not look right and is kind of holding them back. They're not really taking the steps forward that we thought might happen this year. But what are your thoughts on uh, on the Ravens in this big spot? Yeah, I... I I can't in good faith lay, you know, a 13 and a half, a 13 here. Um, but um, I like, you know, Baltimore to play well. It's just like not – it's not a good enough matchup, matchup for me to, you know, lay two touchdowns here, uh, especially on the road. I think that if they were, you know, maybe playing like the Jets or, you know, are, are the Giants, uh, I would consider it. But, um, I mean, Washington has periodically shown life. Um, and, you know, it's been few and far between. but there have been signs of life occasionally. Um, so I don't know. I think it is worth noting, though, Washington third worst in overall offensive success rate right now. I think Haskins' leash, too, is kind of short at this point. See, there have been you know some talk about it in the media with you know how Haskins has been playing. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not sure that it really happens. But, I mean, it could happen here, certainly, if they fall behind by two touchdowns or more. Um, so yeah. And I also think, you know, Baltimore could be in for a bounce back game after last week's, um, shellacking by the chiefs. And I mean, Lamar looking all out of sorts. It was a, it was a pretty embarrassing performance from them, to be honest. Yeah. Surprisingly though, Baltimore's D dead last in pressure rate so far this season. 
I don't think that really matches like our eye test or maybe even our priors when we look at that roster and think of what's there. But I think that probably corrects itself this week. What are your thoughts on this game, Kanish? You know what? Just fucking Redskins here. What of the football team? Uh, you know, the, 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 I had some takes on Dwayne Haskins when he first was like playing in the league, and I was like, "This guy is a bust. Like he's terrible. He's never going to do it." And somewhere along the lines, I like talked my way back into the Redskins in the off season, uh, and now Haskins is coming back to fuck me over. Like, it's just <laughs> back in the... He sucks. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, this, it's real. Like you said, he's holding them back. I like a lot of the pieces. For as much as the shit show as the, the, the football team organization has been over the last few years, they've drafted talent. they found talent uh, at the wide receiver position, at the running back position, on, on defense. Uh, I don't think they're a bad roster. You know, on the surface, for me, numbers, numbers, you know, two I would have made this, you know, 10 and a half, 11. Um, I think 13 up there is, but you said it, there's so many factors here of there's not real home to the advantage. It's not any travel. The Ravens coming off a public disappointment. Um, and Haskins, as you know, you, normally I would like that. You'd say, well, if there's a matchup, you know, he's been so bad under pressure. Uh, he's such a, you know, I never liked his pocket presence, never felt he had, you know, a real good feel uh, in the offense he came out of in college, uh, that, that he was, you know, great at progressing through reads or any of that. Um, and so when he's pressured, he's been awful. Uh, so normally, you know, there'd be some things there that, that, that you'd like with the inflated line. Um, but I, I just I just don't want to back them right now in this spot. Um, he, he's just been, you know, when they're not able to run the football, He's just not good enough right now to to execute. And, you know, you've seen some games there that have just laid you know, on last week that just get away from them. Um, and he hasn't been good enough to to get them back, get them back in it, uh, and just goes through. You know, these stretches. Uh, you know, last week um, where he was uh, the difference in the game was. You know, he was fucking awful. Like he made three <laughs> terrible interceptions in a game that they should have competed in. Um, that you could have made a case that you know should have been a fourth quarter game that they should have been. And instead, uh, you know, it's a it's a blowout, and then they're not really in it. They don't cover, it. and of course, going to shed money on it. Uh, and he took the seven that uh, he screwed me. And so, no, normally, you know, I, I told this. So I was talking to another guy who's bullish on Watson. And we're like, I'm going to bet the Redskins every single week. Like, I, I think the market is wrong on them, and I'm going to bet them. Um, and so far, it's one and two. Um, and I'm really teetering on that strategy so far. Uh, so I'm sure by Sunday, I'll have talked myself in. Uh, if it hits 14, I'm going to fuck about that right now. If I see a 14, I'm going to bet. I don't care what the hell. There's no way I'm not betting 14. Um, at 13, I can, you know, him and haw, but uh, there's only one side. You know, the, the Ravens, a team that, especially if they get down, you saw it against the Chiefs where if you get the Ravens, not a lot of teams can do it, but if you get them off script, they, you know, it's what happened in the playoff game. It's what happened last week against Kansas City. If you get them off script where they are in known passing situations, Lamar still struggles in those aspects where if you get them out of their run game element element and the play action and Lamar running, they still have, have offensive struggles when they're not running their game plan. Um, but can Washington do that? I don't know. And then do if you get Haskins in known passing situations where he has to, it's not great. So uh, I'm sure I'll talk myself into a Washington play by Sunday, but for right now I'm, I'm not in love with the side here. This totals plummeted even since, we made the sheet. It's down like four points, which is insane. I mean, really? we have we have it posted at fifty and a half on the sheet. It's DraftKings got it at, right now at forty five and a half. Oh, 
Yo, man, that is a serious move there. Uh, That's a massive that move. is a serious move. Um, I don't really – at 45, I guess I would be, be you know, shot. I thought, you know, at 50 and a half would be a high number, but 45 and a half is – I mean, the Ravens could score 45 points themselves. I don't know. I mean, like that is <laughs> – Ravens, uh, Ravens team total is under 30 now. It's kind of like a – Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Well, I, well, okay. So, well, I make these sheets Monday night during the Monday night football game. So I'm sure that them, you know, sucking probably, um, had played into their, the total dropping, but I mean, a five point move is a a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I don't have to watch that for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's bringing both team totals under key numbers. Interesting for sure. All right, next, uh, Cardinals on the road against the Panthers. Cardinals, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites here on the road. 51-and-a-half is the total. Two clubs have a lot of questions. Well, they'll build a score and lots of pace here, which is nice. Uh, public taking the points so far with about 70% of the money coming in on the Panthers. Cardinals did still manage to put up 23 points last week despite the three bad Kyler picks that Connor mentioned earlier. And Detroit really slowing the pace down with a lot of Adrian Peterson in the second half in particular. Um not really sure that this Carolina defense is good enough to stop anyone, but I'm not sure Arizona's is either. Any thoughts on this one, Connor? Yeah, I lean, I lean Arizona here at like three, especially. It looks like we're seeing that um, at uh, points bet and a few other shops here, um, but it's mostly three and a half. I think that three, I'm, I'm definitely interested in Arizona. I think they're a better all-around team. This Panthers defense is you know, really, really bad, especially against the run. Um, and so I think that this could be, you know, the week for Kenyon Drake that we see a Kenyon Drake explosion. I know we were expecting it last week. I was expecting it last week. It was one of my few losses in the prop column, which felt like three yards short. Um, but I think this could be it, um, against the Carolina defense that is not very good. Um, and I mean, yeah, Kyler didn't play well last week, but I think that that, you know, was hopefully an aberration, uh, and that he'll, play better against the Carolina defense that I think is actually worse than Detroit's and um, Carolina. They're just really like uneven, you know, sometimes they look great. Sometimes they're not, it's kind of just all over the place. Um, so I, I think that the um, Cardinals here win by like four to four to six. I wouldn't take them at three and a half, but at three, I, I like the Cardinals here. I was a donkey and I thought this one would climb up because I thought Arizona would Handle Detroit. I took it on Saturday night at four. Um, so I'm waiting for the market to correct itself here. So I can get back on the right <laughs> side of that closing line value. Kanish. What are your thoughts on this one? No, I agree. I, I would, you know, I was hoping, you know, like I said, to be pick off a little cheaper three there um, on the Cardinals. I will say they're, you know, they've they, last week, uh, I think injuries definitely played a factor um, in, in some of the guys that are missing. Hopefully they get Mason Cole back this week. They were without Christian Kirk. Um, you know, they've got you know, a couple of DNPs here, as I'm reading the state starting safety. Buda Baker was out. Um, I think Fitz and Hopkins are just resting. Um, but starting linebacker Devon Kennard was out. So, again, it's not a defense with a lot of depth to begin with. Um, and, you know, the, the Lions were able to take advantage. Um, and like, as you said, I just thought Kyler Murray um, was not crisp last week. And so going against another soft defense, you'd think he would be due for a rebound here. So, I would even I'd even be okay at three and a half here. I you know I was waiting to kind of see if the market would take this down and wait on some injury news here for Arizona, but 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to be in Arizona in, on some fashion here. I think last week was a little bit of an aberration. I wouldn't expect a repeat performance against a, you know, a bad Panthers D. Uh, Teddy Bridge has been slinging it, though. Uh, yeah, I will say that they're, you know, he is not shy. I was, um, you know, a little bit pleasantly surprised that even without McCaffrey, uh, I thought that, you know, it would be a little strong. But he is really tossing it around. And their passing game uh, with Joe Brady uh, on the OC, so – that is the one element of the Panthers uh, that I do like, that their passing game has been able to sling a little bit. Um, so, you know, maybe total-wise here, um, 51 and a half, you know, across the key number there. Um, I, it's, a, it's still a touch. I, I grabbed some 51 um, on Sunday, current 51 and a half. Uh, I'd still be looking to play this over. This was an early over for me. Um, I played it at 51. Uh, I'd, you know, I'd still play it at 51 and a half. Um, I like the 51 there, you know, a little bit better. But uh, I think we'll see some points here. I think you'll see Cardinals on a rebound. So I'll lay the three and a half. I was hoping to get, a, you know, a cheaper three. But if I see it, I'll grab it. If not, I'll lay the three and a half here. Uh, and I think you're okay there with, with uh, you know, your four. Yeah, it's not going to move the other way at all, I don't think. But, yeah, I'm with you. The overs is in a nice spot. Yeah, I like the Cardinals over by itself as a team total, just under 28. But again, 51 and a half, I'm fine with. Because I think, to your point, Teddy Bridgewater, and I love DJ Moore this week. We want to look at his props as they emerge. I think he's going to light Drake or Patrick on fire this week. I think it's a really good spot. So definitely interested in, in that too. I want to believe in the Kenyon Drake flop lag after what we saw last week, Connor. I, I like the workload. I like the spot. So I'm going to be watching what that number comes out at, probably right around, what do you think, low 70s again? Yeah, what did you get? You got at seventy three, and it, he had seventy two, right? Or was it exactly at seventy three? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, no, I, I lost it by a half point last week. Yeah, thirty uh, eighth in running back ranking in yards after contact per attempt. He's just not he's not getting it done yet. So, no. you know, small sample size. We'll wait and see what happens there. But yeah, great spot. I mean, you can't do it this week. I think we start to see a little bit more Chase Edmonds and. Uh, Mike Davis too. We got to watch his props, dude. Straight into the CMC role, getting absolutely peppered with targets. Seventeen targets in six quarters since McCaffrey went down. Just mind-boggling <laughs> that it's just like they're just pretending he's McCaffrey. So we want to take a look at his his numbers when that comes out too. All right, so Jacksonville on the road next against uh, the Bengals. Bengals three point favorites here at home. Uh, interesting one. Bet split pretty evenly so far. The money pouring in on Jacksonville. I know Connor's. Probably, you know, you're a little bit conflicted here. I know you like to bet Bengals money line, but I know you're kind of feeling some of this Jacksonville steam here. Uh, a little extra rest as well for the Jags coming off of that Thursday night game. Uh, kick us off, Connor. What are your thoughts? Man, I love I love Joe Burrow. He has been playing really well. I mean, for the most part, he obviously has his rookie moments, but just in general, like he, I thought, has really outperformed basic expectations. Um, and I think this is the matchup doesn't get too much better than this. The Jags are dead last in passing success rate allowed, have it allowed an 80% completion rate in the first three games to Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Phillip River. It doesn't get much better than that. So, yeah, I'm, I am very much in on um, Joe Burrow this week. I think the Bengals win. I lean Cincy at three. Um, and I don't think this Jacksonville team is as good as they, they've shown. But, again, this is another volatile team that can really show up in random spots. And like we saw last week against Miami, lay total duds. So 
I, I think that um, really at, at this point, um, I mean, T Higgins also, you know, has been playing a ton compared to AJ Green, who looks very dusty. And, you know, that's been the talk of uh, the fantasy community is like him getting a ton of targets, but not really doing much with it. I don't think he's going to do much with it going forward either. T Higgins, I think, is going to be keep playing a bigger role. So I'll look for, you know, his props, maybe some Joe Burrow props if they're too low. Um, but yeah, I like the, the Bengals here and I mean, I'm not going to hit the money line just because they're going to win by seven. So you might as well take the spread. All right. That's fair enough. T Higgins is kind of emerging though, despite the other guys. So we're seeing, you know, no John Ross, we're seeing, you know, no on Tate's things like that. You know, we're still seeing a ton of AJ green. So we're interested to see, we did have a nice role change though for Higgins last week. And, uh, James Robinson is very interesting. I, I don't know that his stat line told the whole story. He only ran 16 routes, targeted six times, though, caught all six of them, which is nice to see. Undrafted guy out of, uh, you know, Illinois State Redbird down there. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Kanish? You know, uh, you know, the last time uh, my nephew Connor talked people into Bengals money line was, was week one. And, uh, you know, he thought, you know, he was the uh, striper. Oh, they're going to beat the Chargers. They're going to beat the Chargers. Do not even start this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, they, they, I, if I recall, he had a big parlay. Big parlay there, sending me the ticket. He was going to, you know, uh, win it, uh, you know, be able to not have sir. to work anymore. Big money line parlay that, uh, you know, and that, and uh, the Bengals let him down. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to do it again this week. Because um, this Bengals <laughs> offensive line, is the worst offensive line I see, I've seen in the NFL in, in the better part of like five years. It is <laughs> horrific. They can now, they're going to get Joe Burrow killed. You saw last week, uh, the shot he took where he had to come out of the game for a series that I'm surprised he's still alive, much less, uh, you know, able to come in and play this week. He is taking, uh, you know, you've seen it on like Cincinnati message boards and talk radio. They're talking about like, you know, let him, you know, sit him out until we can get some guys who can protect him. Um, uh, it is hard, yeah, and you can ruin a young quarterback like that when you get him that hit that often. Um, and again, I do. I think Burrow is the goods, yes, uh, but but they are really really struggling up front, um, and and it, it's I think it's having an effect on. And no, Jaguars passing game got some weapons. The rest of their team, not much to like, uh, but I think they can throw the ball around the yard a little bit. Uh, it's a Bengals defense that I don't have a lot of respect for. I'm actually gonna, you know, it's finally. I haven't had a uh, a good Connor head-to-head fade, and of course, it happens on the Bengals. So no, I'm on the Jags here, like the Jags uh, a decent bit. Um, and you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Connor hasn't talked too many, you know, friends and relatives into the money line here because uh, my Jags are uh, are going to come through for us this weekend here. So no, I like the. I think there was some, and you know, I really wanted to find three with a hook there. Uh, I'm seeing you know three flat mostly, but. Um, no, I, uh, I don't think the Bengals should be, should be lame. They just I can't protect the quarterback. Can't protect the quarterback. You can't do anything on all, you, the rest of your offense just breaks apart. Uh, and their defense isn't really good enough, um, for, for me to, to, to be able to, you know, say they're going to lean on them, uh, against a Jags passing game that I respect. So Jags for me here, um, don't have too much on the, you know, on the total as far as an opinion there. I think that number's all right. You're bearing the lead here, Kanish. Are you hanging out in the, Message board streets of the Bengals. <laughs> that was my biggest Listen, takeaway. Hey, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, you, you know, got to be digging here. You got to be digging. I know you, you fantasy guys are, uh, you know, uh, doing drafts or whatever you're doing midweek. I'm in the grind here, finding you know the tidbits <laughs> that make the difference. So, yeah. no, that's a uh, 
That's it's gonna be. I I don't. I, I cannot believe that this, uh, this offensive line has been this bad. So uh, other than that, um, it's the the rest of their team is just not good enough to overcome it, in my opinion. What a professional! You don't just roll out of bed and do four hours of radio without grinding local message boards. So I tell you, you what, everyone you know tune into you way. better, you bet. You got If you're missing, you better, you bet. In Kanish's appearances. You're losing money. If you want the goods, you got to tune in. I mean, that's why, you know, hey, listen, all four hours plus move the line. You know, hey, that's why that's what you get when you get uh, Uncle K. You know, you get those extra tidbits that you don't get normally that YouTube wouldn't work for that I'm giving you here as, a, you know, a guest appearance. Oh, absolutely love it. All right. Next, we have the Seahawks on the road in Miami. Spread here six and a half, kind of hanging out below the seven. I feel like everyone's waiting for it to get to seven. Uh, total of 53. I think this is Russ's first career trip to Miami, uh, which would be interesting. But he's on the team now. If he would have got there before he was on the team, it would have been interesting to have him uh, hang out that late night <laughs> Miami clubs. But uh, obviously another great matchup for the league's past heaviest offense, which is just a wild thing to say. As weird as 2020 has been, having the Bills and Seahawks be the most pass-heavy teams in the league, I think is totally in line. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Connor? All right. I mean, this is kind of an open-ended question. Like, why is the spread not seven? Um, and it's kind of scaring me because I did take a piece of action at six and a half. Um, and I just the matchup that I'm seeing is that the Seahawks are, you know, one of the pass heaviest teams now in neutral game script. And they're playing – and they're very efficient at it. And now they're playing against a team that is uh, 28th or 30th in pass success rate allowed. and 27th in explosive pass rate allowed. And I mean, I just don't think it gets much juicier for us. And so you're giving me less than seven points on a passer who is, you know, the clear favorite to be the MVP as Kanish uh, mentioned at the top of the show. And I think is, you know, very much on point here. Like if he wanted to Russell Wilson could throw for 400 yards here, if they keep letting him, I just don't see like why, like the Seahawks are going to score until the game is over. And I don't think that they punt a single time in this entire game. So I know that the Seattle defense has not been that good either, but really like a, a touchdown here is, I think, you know, anything less than a touchdown here, I think is generous. And so I, I took Seattle at six and a half. I'm, I'm interested in any Lockett or Metcalf overs at around like 60 ish. And then also a sneaky one here, Devontae Parker, the clear number one option returning from injury against the Seattle secondary. Um, like he's playing more and more. And I think that, you know, in this spot against the Seattle secondary, then play catch up is a, a great spot for him to get right and, uh, you know, have a big game against Seattle. But overall, Seattle would be my biggest play in this one. A good spot for Gusecki as well. Big slot, you know, no Jamal Adams here. Though I don't know that's necessarily a great thing. He's such a liability in coverage, as good as he is, though. Um, surprisingly, Chris Carson practiced today, too, which is surprising. Like I said, I, I definitely thought we'd have no Chris Carson for a couple of weeks. Uh, thoughts on this one, Kanish? I mean, there, here's the uh, normally on the surface, if you're just looking at the teams in full, I would agree. 25 names on, on the Seahawks injury report today. Um, and you're talking, you mentioned Jamal Adams, Dwayne Brown was a DNP, Quentin Dunbar was a DNP, uh, one of the linebackers, Jordan Books was a DNP. They had another, you know, eight guys on, that were on a limited basis, um, and, and a couple of other contributors that, you know, they gave Metcalf the day off and Lockett for rest. Um, Jerron Reed, hopefully he'll be back, uh, you know, one of their key D linemen up front. So, 
again, Russ has been playing well. Uh, obviously, he's been fantastic. You know, the Seahawks look good, but there this is an early, uh, you know, we've mentioned a few times, war of attrition here with volume injuries, and they are just loaded up on the injury report here um, with key contributors that could be out for this one. So that would be my, my stay away point. Am I going to, you know, line up and, and, you know, clamor to bet the, the fins here? No. Um, but I, I need to see some more um, – just some more of what who can actually line up here for Seattle because uh, right now they've got what I'd say is probably the the longest injury list in the league uh, of guys that you know may or may not play uh, and and you're talking about legitimate contributors on both sides of the ball. We know Miami that like just especially kind of early in the season, especially when it's a little bit warmish, teams go down there and just weird things happen and. Again, Patriots have had trouble for, you know, like half a Belichick's career. They, they just go down to Miami and, you know, lose some game where they're double-digit chalk. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, it can be, a, you know, an interesting place. To, to, the humidity drives you crazy. Yep, absolutely. So, I, I get it. Want to watch the Byron Jones injury, too, on Miami side. That's obviously a big one. You know, if he's out, then, you know, even more of a great spot for that Seattle passing game. So, definitely one to watch here as well. All right, next we have the Giants on the road against the Rams. Rams 13-point favorites, total at 48. Look-ahead Lions had this at 10, move very quickly to the 13. Uh, total bets and overall money just pouring in on the Rams. We know that the Giants are just absolutely atrocious and uh, really no sign of it turning around, at least with the way the schedule sets up for the next couple of weeks. Thoughts here, Kanish? I mean, listen, I know Connors was, uh, you know, him, uh, the Giants were a big buy for him this season. Uh, and, you know, he loved them. And so, you know, it's tough seeing him, seeing him falter like this. Um, I, I, the Giants are, are the worst team in the league. And we talk, actually, we, me and Connor talked about this via DM this week. Um, they are atrocious. The fact, I mean, let, and, and this is from a guy, and I'll tell you, am I, am I salty here because I lost money on the Giants this weekend? Yes. I thought, you know, San Francisco going in there with a practice squad roster and a backup quarterback um, and injuries at, you know, every position group and, and still winning by 30. I mean, that was a pathetic performance from uh from the Giants um and this is one you saw in the look I actually I grabbed was able to grab some under there was some minus eight and a half minus nine in the look ahead markets um that I was able to jump on here and this just kept rolling up and I and I don't play I, I don't know how it is a Rams team that you know I wasn't big on and they proved me proved me wrong uh they, they've been very very good to start the year um I don't know what the the floor is for this Giants team um they got a you know and I've actually backed on the last two weeks they got kind of a a lucky cover there against a Bears team that I don't respect uh, and just blown the doors off last week against half a Niners team. Um, they are, I, I don't know what I can, just, you know, we've gone through a bunch of games. You can usually point out something there. I don't know what this team does well. I don't know what the defense is bad. The passing game, you know, they've dealt with some injuries. Saquon's gone. I don't know what they hang their hat on as like even a position unit that you can say is, is good. The coaching staff, I think is junk. Um, I don't know where the win is. We went through, I was talking about, we went through the schedule. And if you look at through, I have them favored slightly at home against the football team as the only game the remainder of the year um, that they're favored. Uh, they're going to be a dog in the rest. This might be a, a two or three win team. Um, they, they're, I, I, I can't bet. This would have to be 14 and a half before I'm looking at the Giants here. 
Yeah, it's gross. Right, Connor, I know you're all over the Giants. They, <laughs> you thought they were a playoff team. And okay, I it was, no, 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 no. I thought the, it was the, suspects. The, <laughs> the slander stops here for the listeners who don't know <laughs> and who have not read my article that I published in April about the Giants under six and a half wins over at four for four. Um, that you know, Knish kindly bumped onto everyone's feeds, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, but. I mean, the coaching staff is an absolute disaster. I mean, who could have pictured Jason Garrett running a tra- on offense would be a train wreck? You know, not us, right? Like, you know, never would have thought that, that Joe Judge, like an angry high school coach, um, would be a bad, uh, bad head coach. And the Dolphins' former defensive coordinator, who led them to like one of the worst defensive seasons in the last couple of years, would be a bad defensive coordinator with bad defensive players. Like, really, that's a shocker. Um, but now, yeah, here we are. The Giants are one of the worst teams in the league. I think it is close between them and the Jets, but, you know, they are awful. And I tweeted this out the other day, but the Rams in this game, number one in passing success rate, number one in rushing success rate, number one overall offensive success rate. Giants, 27th in passing success rate, 32nd in rushing success rate, 32nd overall. It is literally the number one in offensive success rate team versus the last ranked offensive success rate team. And now – Daniel Jones' favorite weapon is probably going to be guarded by Jalen Ramsey. So I don't even know. Like, where do they Golden find Tate time, maybe. We'll go yeah, back to I mean, Golden Tate props. It is Golden Tate season, <laughs> I guess, again. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, where else do you find find any interest in this team? I don't find anything else anywhere. Um, I'm, you know, I think you can probably lay 13, but I don't do that. You know, we kind of talked about that earlier. Just maybe somehow they, you know, get a late score and cover the 13, but. For me, uh, it'll probably be Golden Tate props, maybe some Slayton unders here. Um, maybe Henderson too. They've been the Rams have been a really run heavy team. They're gonna they should have positive game script. Otherwise, this week will be seriously fucked up. Um, but yeah, I, I think that those are probably the ways to attack this one. Yeah, only the Vikings and Browns running at a higher clip than the Rams. And even last week when they were behind making the comeback against the Bills, they still were running more than they were passing the ball. So they're definitely leaning on play action off of the running game, and it seems to be working. I mean, you talked about it. I mean, they split the snaps down the middle with Malcolm Brown and uh, with Henderson, but, like, Henderson dominated touches 21-7, to and it was just like every time that game, we looked at that game, it was just like 10-yard carry, 10-yard carry for Henderson, uh, which was painful to watch uh, but exciting to see at the same time. So we unfortunately have, uh, you know, carry on Johnson that we have to consider – in one of our high stakes leagues instead of frigging Daryl Henderson. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. I'm not bitter about it. Uh, I'm just going to remind Silva and Connor about it all season long. All right, we'll, move on. <laughs> we'll move on to the next game is Buffalo on the road against the Raiders. Uh, Buffalo favored by three here. 52 and a half is the total. Just, I think I got Connor on this one. Uh, this was available in the weekend. Buffalo minus one and a half and thought it would jump to three, and sure enough did. Um, I think the Raiders are frauds, too. They didn't look good against New England. I, I thought that they just kind of caught you know, the Ram- or the, the Saints in the bad spots and uh, really didn't like what they, they had to do with Carolina either. I just don't like this team. And uh, I think it's a great spot for the Josh Allen MVP runner-up season to continue here. Uh, this defense is just awful. Uh, they rank – third uh, in yards per drive, points per drive, and then the Raiders defense, 31st in both of those metrics as well. What are your thoughts here, Connor? Did you get on that number? 
Yeah, I did. I, I got on it under three. I don't remember if I got it at one and a half or two and a half. Um, I, I have to go back and double check, but I think anything under three here is a great play. Um, I would still lean the Bills at three here against this Raiders team, as you mentioned. I think they are definitely fraudulent. This uh, Bills team has a massive advantage in the passing game. Um, I mean, and in the rushing game here with uh, the Raiders' run defense not being, you know, a very stout unit. Um, where I like to attack this game, other than the spread, would probably have to be Hunter Renfro against the Bills team that has allowed, you know, seven one fifteen one to Jameson Crowder, um, seven catches for seventy six yards to Isaiah Ford, you know, whatever that is, and then uh, Cooper Cup one hundred and seven yards on nine receptions and a touchdown in the first three weeks. You know, mainly slot players. They have Hunter Renfro coming into the game without Henry Ruggs. And, um, you know, really it's just going to be him and Waller uh, in a game that I think that they're going to be playing from behind. So I think that we'll see, you know, some lowish Hunter Renfro props around 45, maybe 50 yards. I still like the over there. I think he ends up with like 60 or 70 in this game, six or seven catches at the bare minimum with, you know, obviously upside for more if uh, he's having a good game. Thoughts on this one, Kanish? I mean, fucking uh, Bills get another easy layup here to start the season. Uh, going to you know the the Las Vegas frauds. Um, so no, I yeah, you guys got in real good there at under three. Um, I I'd even, I mean I I have a hard time not even recommending this even at, at the flat three. So no, I really like it there under three. If there's anything. Um, I'd be looking for a little bit of a, you know, this is another one that, that, that if you told me that Bill's Raiders was going to be sitting 52 and a half, um, I would have been like, what, what are you, this insane insanity, but um, it's another one that steamed up uh, from, you know, there was some started out the week at 48, uh, now 52 and a half. The only thing you can do on, on these is look towards the under that have gone, you know, move four or five points. Uh, I would not, you know, just if you're listening to this, not chase. Uh, you can't keep chasing these, you know, totals that are exploding. At some point, you'll see regression. And for me, uh, I'm probably going to, you know, do some half plays, as mentioned earlier in the show, uh, on some of these that have steamed way up. Um, and this would be another one that the only thing for me I, I can look at here is is the under 52 and a half. Um, and I'm not, I, I'm not interested in backing the Raiders. And it would have to be even on a tease play or anything, you know. There was a couple other home dogs um, with lower totals that I liked on a tease up. This is not one of them. Um, I would stay away here. It's bills or nothing for me, unfortunately. We're seeing a a pretty big disparity here between um, points bet is floating a 53 for the over-under, and it looks like Sugar House and um, Bet MGM are floating a 51.5. So, I mean, a one and a half point, I'm not definitely not going to middle, you know, one and a half points here, but if you're looking to, uh, you know, bet the under versus the over, there's definitely some good spots to shop around here. Nice. Good call. All right. Next one. They have the uh, Patriots on the road against the chiefs spread up at seven with Kansas city total of 52 and a half. Uh, really thought the Monday night's game was going to be a toss up though. Once it moved to three and a half, I feel like laying three and a half with Mahomes just, Kind of seems like a positive EV play, and it sure as hell was. They looked like world beaters, and like you said, talked about more indicative of maybe Baltimore struggles when they get behind. But, man, I know they're not necessarily both sides of the ball as talented as Baltimore is, but, uh, yeah, that dude is special and really fun to watch. Thoughts on this one, Kanish? I'll tell you what. This is going to be uh, – this is, uh, you know, a Kanish – knowledge bomb here so i'm going to tell you two to listen up All here right. this is what now and it's not going to be you know numbers or modeling might not show it i am convinced that i and this is here and we, i know we've talked about unders here um 
I'm going to play a first half under. I am convinced that Bill Belichick has a history of doing, giving his team the best opportunity to win a football game. And what that here is going to be limit possessions, take up the whole play clock, play as slow as humanly possible. Um, I don't, they're not going to be able to outgun Kansas City. So what's the only strategy that they can have to come in here and, and compete at KC? Uh, and it's a short, it's the same strategy that they used two seasons ago, uh, to beat, you know, Kansas City in the playoffs was, uh, when they made the Super Bowl was they went into KC. They, you know, did some 1980s, you know, game plan where they were running in I form and playing defense and slowing down and keeping Mahomes off the field. I will bet any money they run Cam a ton here. They use the same type of game plan and they try and slow this down as much as possible because they can outgun KC and that's what they'll try and do. Um, so I'm going to be on a first half under, take some full game under. Um, and I would be shocked, shocked if the, the Patriots didn't use that type of game plan here, uh, at Kansas City because Belichick knows. He's not going to be able to go, even though Cam's played well to start, he's not going to be able to go toe-to-toe uh, with Mahomes in KC. And they're going to try and muck it up, slow it down, and do everything they can to keep as few positions as possible and keep Mahomes on the bench. Get that at 26.5 right now as the first half total. Uh, you can also bet second half being the high scoring total at minus 108 too. So a couple of different ways to, to play that suggestion from Kanish. Connor, I know that you are just a massive Cam stand. It warms the cuckles of my heart to hear you back in the Patriots. Talk to me about this one. Yeah, I mean, let's be clear. I don't like the Patriots. I like Cam Newton. But um, if – yeah, so for me, I think that I like, you know, the Patriots to cover at seven, seven and a half we're seeing at Sugar House right now. Um, interestingly enough, so I, I totally agree with Kanish that I think that they try to play run heavy – and that, Did you that say you totally to be... agree with Kanish? Did you get that clip there? We'll have to yeah. you totally agree with Kanish. Right. <laughs> we'll uh, it's, it's about yeah, time I'm... you're learning here. For uh, well, well, we're about to we're about to get into the good segment here, where I give you the, you know the massive butt, and <laughs> but they won't be able to because the Patriots' defense is not good. So I mean, they're 31st in passing successor allowed, 24th in rushing successor allowed. This Kansas City team that just absolutely manhandled one of the best defenses in the league is not going to slow down against this Patriots team. You know, maybe there's one or two drives where Cam is able to, you know, run the ball well. And I think they will against a Kansas City defense that is uh, 31st in rushing success rate allowed. But um, how long can that last? And I don't think that that lasts that long. And unfortunately for me and for underbetters like you, I think that this game gets closer to that Seattle game than what you're hoping, which is going to be, you know, a 24-21 game or a 24-17 game, something like that. So I don't have much confidence in the under. For me, if anything, I'm playing the New England team total over, which is at 23 and a half here. I think that even if the game – 22 and a half. 22 and a half. Yeah, I don't know if you bet uh, it yet. Yeah, I mean, if if even if they slow the game down, the Patriots at 22 and a half here, I think they have plenty enough success against this Kansas City defense – that they're able to score 24 or more points. Um, and if they don't slow it down, I mean, they're going to score like 30 points. So really this is, for me, that's probably my play. Um, what, you, what you're what you saying makes sense with slowing the game down, but I just don't – I don't know how, it can la- how long it can last. So a first half under makes sense, but at some point it's going to open up. I just don't know when it's going to be. And the Pats have been good. I mean, they move the ball. They have left some points on the board, though. Second in yards per drive, but just 10th in points per drive. So – 
they're getting healthy too. James White coming back this week, and then also Damian Harris as well. So like, I wouldn't necessarily chase any Burkhead props. That was kind of an anomaly, as we know the Patriots. The one thing that we know is always going to be the case is that they are going to be from a talent standpoint, skill position standpoint. When you're chasing props, they're going to be very game plan dependent. We will never be privy to the game plan. So it is not the right place to definitely chase the prop market. But I'm interested in that now that it's moved, the total dropped a little bit. Getting New England at 22 and a half is uh, is an interesting team total for sure. All right, next we have Eagles on the road against the Niners. Uh, spread on the rise all the way up to seven, total 46 and a half. This is uh it's been my heaviest look ahead line week. So far, I went in on the Niners at three and a half on Saturday, thought it would get to six, and then the Eagles just took a dump down their leg, and uh, I don't even know what that was on Sunday. I don't know what we watched. It was abysmal. Overtime was just an embarrassment. I don't even know. Like, I'm not an Eagles fan. I don't know how anyone could be after that. It was just gross. Obviously, it looks like there's really not a massive drop-off from Jimmy G to Nick Mullins, and we know that the massive advantage here is Kyle Shanahan. We know that uh, you know Peterson's a fake sharp. Everyone just loves some of the fancy plays in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and it's really been nothing to indicate that they are a analytical, above the fold team since. What are your thoughts on this one, Kanish? No, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know what is happening in Philadelphia right now. Um, you know, it was it was hard to to to, to like fathom that, that that overtime series of plays where like they got it to the 45 like all right well we're going to like draw draw to set up a 60 yarder then threw a pass in the middle of the field which if it would have been caught they would have had to like scramble the field goal unit on then false start then like a uh, punt we're going to we're okay with going to 02 and 1 um dude, just a like, calamity of errors there at the end of the game um and no, they're, they're rough. They're dealing with injuries. Um, it's a 49ers team that uh, this is, you know, it's one of the, it's just such a freaking NFL game of like, uh, the Eagles have been awful. The spread steams up. The 49ers are, I have stayed away from this one at all aspects. Um, I, I, dude, I, you know, it'd be one of those, like everyone's going to be on a 49ers teaser. People are landing with the Niners. Um, uh-uh, this one's got a my my radar up of, of following football for way too long that just I can't put a great, you know, like it can't form, formulate a great plan uh, of how the Eagles get through it other than just a, it's, it doesn't pass the sniff test of a game that um, I'd be a little leery of uh, laying with the Niners here, putting them in a tease. Um, it's an all-around stay away from me, uh, and I wish I could build a greater case to say why. Other than that, I don't think the Eagles are as bad as they looked, and the the Niners are missing so many key contributors again um, that I would be – they can't run the fucking ball either. They're, they're relying on, like, Nick Mullins to pass it all around. Um, if the Eagles' defense could be worth a shit here, um, that I, I still don't think that Nick Mullins is by any means uh, more than anything an average NFL quarterback, and to be laying a touchdown when they can't run the ball and they're missing contributors on defense um, – if it gets to, is there, uh, there are some sevens out there. Um, yeah. The board's it. pretty much consensus now at seven. I th- I think that's the play, Kanish. I don't know. I mean. Uh, I'm going to, you know, it's going to be fucking, this is the, a, the, NF, <laughs> or the AFC fucking East shit show of Redskins at 14 and Eagles at seven. Um, 
Those numbers are ridiculous. I, I don't know what to tell you here. The, the, the 49ers and Nick Mullins are not a touchdown better than this Eagles team, uh, with, especially without much of a home field advantage there. So, yeah, I'm probably going to bet some yeah. seven uh, and probably regret it in the first half. But, um, yeah, no, there's it's another one. I, I can't justify plus seven here, even though the Eagles have looked like shit. Wentz needed 56 dropbacks and 47 passing attempts to reach that illustrious 225 passing yard mark last week against the Bengals. So, you know, I get the play of seven. Uh, you know, I, I do. I get all your points, I think, make a ton of sense. So I think it's probably the smart play. But, uh, man, like they they are bad. I mean, I, and, again, I don't know the status of Deshaun Jackson here. We know Dallas Goddard's out. You know, Miles Sanders looked really good last week, but they just kind of went away from him. They put him out on the outside. He's making dudes – you know, lose their lunch and, you know, Wentz is just air mailing balls out of bounds. Just, it was rough. It was, you know, I was lucky. I get the total a little under than the room, but like these guys were all sweating that 46 and a half total or 46 total. And then to have to watch it push in such a painful way. was, uh, was rough to watch and wanted them to, to cash those tickets. But what are your thoughts, Connor? Sounds like you're back in the seven, two. Yeah. I mean, I lean that way. Um, you know, maybe if I'm like really, really drunk, um, and I want to go to sleep early on Sunday night, you know, I'll call it, you know, take the seven, call it an early night and probably make some money. But if I'm watching this game, there's absolutely no way I'm betting on the Eagles. They have been so bad. Um, and really this, I think Kanish said it well, like there's no reason for this 49ers team, which is rolling out like a JV squad to be favorites of seven plus against an Eagles team, which, you know, has been really bad, but like too much. Um, and I think also too, the big thing is that the 49ers beat up on the giants and the jets who we just agreed upon are two of the worst teams in the NFL. And you know, that, that means a lot. And I don't think the Eagles are quite there yet. Like, yeah, sure. They played terrible, but they're, I mean, certainly not in the same league as the giants and the jets. Um, so I think that they can hang around a little bit here. I think, you know, they probably still lose, but getting seven points here is pretty nice. So I, I lean on the plus seven here. All right. The, uh, last two games here, primetime games, we have Monday night football here with the Falcons on the road against the Packers. This one's been on the, uh, on the rise, both the spread and the total Packers up to seven and a half. Now total of 56 and a half. Uh, I think lost in all of the let Russ cook discussion, especially in the early season performance, has been Aaron Rodgers in the Packers offense. And they told us both with the coach speak and the words in the offseason and then how they handled you know, the draft and all the different things that they did, that they wanted to be a run-first offense. So far, though, chucking it around the yard, they are third in early down neutral game script passing rates. They are absolutely dominating in that situation. Even without Devontae Adams for the last couple of games, they lead the league in yards per drive, points per drive, drive success rate through three weeks uh, comfortably above the rest of the league in those metrics as well. So, And we know Atlanta just, again, finding new ways to lose with uh, Nick Foles last week. Just absolutely brutal. What are your thoughts here, Connor? Yeah, I mean, I think that the market is this priced about right in terms of, you know, the Packers being seven-point favorites, the total being at 56.5. The key is, I mean, both these defenses are not very good. Um, Atlanta sitting at 22nd in running success rate, uh, 26th in passing success rate allowed, uh, compared to Green Bay, who has been gashed on the ground, but that hasn't really mattered too much because they've been up by so much. Um, so yeah, I think, I think in this spot here, it's probably going to be a game where Green Bay relies a lot on their running game. 
um, but is able to have plenty of success against an Atlanta team, which is not very good. Um, so, yeah, I think that I'm probably going to stay off this um, and unless, you know, something changes here, maybe attack some props once our projections come out. But, you know, we were on an Aaron Jones under last week. I'm definitely not taking that this week. I think this is one of those games where, you know, he could go nuclear and, you know, he just explodes. And so for me in this one, you know, potentially take some overs on some of those props. But other than that, I'm staying off the game. Yeah, it's uh total dropped. It was climbing and then it got to 58 and then it's come back down a little bit. What are your thoughts, Kanish? If Julio Jones plays, is my favorite current bet of the week. I, I will tell you, I know the Falcons have, have been, you know, choke job. There, It's all the, the rage. I've choked away again. I'd look at their offense and some, especially if they can get a couple of key contributors back. Um, that that I, I can't make a case that Green Bay should be laying over a touchdown here. I know Rodgers will look great. I know he's been in the offense, uh, but again, this will be. We we'll have to check on Devonte Adams and Julio there. Uh, I still think a. People want to, you know, again, they they choked away a few games. People say Dan Quinn's on the hot seat. Um, I. Outside of the the late quarter collapses, I think the Falcons, for the majority of the first three games, have looked pretty great. Um, the passing game's been there. The O-line's been, um, you know, really respectable. Matt Ryan's looked good. Calvin Ridley stepped up. Uh, the defense has had some collapses. Um, but I still think it has m- more talent than years past, uh, especially if they can get a few uh, of the guys back uh, on injury returns there. So it's a little bit early, I think. If Julio plays, this will not close seven and a half. Uh, I, I will say that. And so for me, I'm probably going to, you know, I think I'm going to take some seven and a half regardless. I'd like to see an injury report status update. Uh, but as far as current lines on the board, I know we've talked about getting in early on some, some total moves. Uh, seven and a half for me is of, of the current spreads out there. This, this would be my favorite play uh, of what's on the board. Yeah. I mean, I get it. The half is a big deal. And then, you know, the Packers defense isn't great either. They've just been, they've been just hanging crooked numbers Agreed. on everyone. You know, even that first Agreed. week where they just went nuts on the Vikings, like they still gave up a ton of points. So, I get it. I get it. I mean, I didn't. The questions coming into the season though on the Falcons were not on the offensive side of the football. There's a massive amount of continuity on the offensive line. The weapons are incredible. Uh, it's just the defense. Defense is bad. You know, rookie AJ Terrell did not play well before he got COVID. You know, we had to wait and see. You know, if he comes back, but. I get being on, you know, taking the the extra half point that you can get here too is uh, makes a ton of sense. What are your thoughts, Connor? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the seven and a half. There is probably probably the key. Yeah, um, for me, I think that that's probably the spot I would consider taking. Other than that, you know, like I'm off the game. Just my maybe some player props here and there. All right, it's the last one. I don't really want to talk about this game Thursday night football. I'm. You guys tell me where takes you have. We have Denver and the Jets. Broncos by 100, baby. This one's it's been Brett, moving all over Brett the Rippin place. Season. Let's go. Uh, Homer on the Broncos. What are your thoughts, Kanish? I mean, listen, if the nephew was following Uncle K a few days ago, we had the J-E-T-S Jets and Jets plus three and on the money line. Let me tell you something. This Broncos team is uh, – they fit the injury point of no return. Don't give me Brett Ripien's going to come in here. And it's a resurgent New York Jets on Thursday. Uh, they've had some struggles in the first three weeks. Uh, you know, maybe not. They've been uh, – had some injuries. Um, but the the Broncos being favored, this Broncos team uh, with a third-string quarterback and the injuries they had. I mean, we're not talking about like uh, – you know, you're, you're talking about their best players – 
on offense and defense are, are both are you know her long term injury perspectives. Um, I again. This has been the the move of the week so far. I mean, now the Jets are sitting minus two. Uh, am I still gonna, you know, tell you Jets? I, I loved it as you know, two and a half and three, and as a tease up, uh, especially with the lowest total on the board this week. Um, but now it's it just as we're sitting here talking about now that like you know the move is is, is gone. Um, if anything, you might be looking at you know a Broncos tease up on the other side. Um, but I think the Jets handle their business here, um, especially there's some tape on Ripien. You know, he was – I know people will look at the box and say eight for nine. He was checking down against backups. Um, so, for me, uh, this is – I think the Jets win, um, but it's hard to, to tell people to take a line, you know, four or five points to the worst of it now. Um, so, I'm on the Jets pretty large, just uh, at, at a much different number than, than what's out there available currently. You and Chernoff locking arms here. Back in the Jets. Well, you know, unfortunately, you know, Chernoff and Rufus Peabody are, you know, last, you know, a couple of the smart guys that were all over the Jets the last few weeks. Uncle K wasn't there the last few weeks, but he's there this week. You got to know when to buy. It's all, you know, you got to know when to buy low. And this was the point. Um, unfortunately, now that the steam has taken it to, you know, uh, a little bit too far, where uh, hard for me to recommend it. But yeah, this is the Jets bye week right here. Um, and I think they're going to win on Thursday. All right. Well, Connor, uh, favorite play on the board. Yeah, I mean, so for me, it's it's Pittsburgh here. I, I points bet them actually at minus two, uh, which means uh, points bet is a cool, pretty cool website that's available in most legal states where um, anything over minus two, um, I win that times the money that I put in. And then anything under, I lose that times the money that I put in. So if Pittsburgh you know, wins by 10, uh, which is eight more than the spread. I would win eight times the money I put in. If they lose by eight less than the spread, I lose eight times the spread or eight times what I put in. So it's, you know, high risk, high reward outcome. Last week we were on the Patriots. Uh, they covered by more than 10 points. Um, and then uh, the Steelers last week as well, which won, which covered by, I believe, three points uh, compared to what I got on the points bet spread. So, um, right now sitting on, you know, 13 extra turn and I'll, I'll keep riding these. And I, I tweet them out early in the week because I mean, that's when to get it, when you should bet that bet these. So, um, like early in the week before the lines move points, bet these things under key numbers and, um, you know, let's ride if they if the Steelers win by, you know, like 20 points we're we're sitting pretty. So I, I like them to dominate Tennessee here in this spot that in a matchup that, you know, seems close, but I don't think it's all that close if they play, hopefully they play. Yeah. Uh, favorite point on the board, Kanish, we know Falcons. Falcons on the seven and a half. Uh, total wise, I- I'm going to do it. Browns, Cowboys under the 56. Uh, I-, I just think that that they can't be, uh, you know, like that's one of those to me. Um, I know the Cowboys have been an over machine. Just the way it lines up with the Browns, uh, I really like that under 56. Um, and yeah, uh, again, you'll see if, if that's one of those. If you don't want to bet the Falcons right now, you want to wait on that. You've got to be really on top of the injury news because as soon as you know, if Julio's announced in, uh, that that that's going to crash down. You know, a uh, full point under the seven. Um, so keep an eye on Adams and Julio there. Uh, I like seven and a half regardless, but that that's obviously going to make you know uh, a point or two difference depending on their their health status. All right, we've been uh, tinkering a lot, Connor and I talk often on the weekend as games get closer. Here, we mess around with those you know, alt lines and alt spreads that uh, DraftKings offers. They are a beautiful thing is really subsidizing my fishy teaser market, but we're going to give you one today in closing here. We've got a uh, six teamer. 
This is a uh, six and a half point tease plus 500 uh, utilizing numbers over at FanDuel. Uh, first, we have the uh, Ravens through the key number, six and a half. We know that they are on the road against Washington. Got Seattle as a pick in Miami. We got Buccaneers all the way down to minus one, essentially a pick as well at home against the Chargers. Rams minus six, again, through that key number against the Giants. I uh, have the Niners as a pick, you know, minus a half uh, on Sunday night against the Eagles. And then we have the Packers as well as a pick on Monday night. So, Connor, where does this end? <sighs> I've had trouble with this. Um, I didn't leave any hangy, you know, you know, wonky. All right, out there here we go. Easy, easy money here. Eagles went out right. 49ers minus a half. That is where your teaser busts, my friend. Okay. What do you got, Kanish? Packers losing outright? <laughs> uh, money line. Oh, God, losing outright there. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that as a, as a money line piece. Um, like the Jags, you know, the Jags are live this weekend. I know, uh, you know, some other people might not think that, but uh, I don't mind the Jags live. I don't mind the Lions live, uh, a little bit of Lions, depending on the injury report there, Lions live this weekend. So as far as underdogs that I can th- see, those are those are probably the three if I'm looking for a live dog uh, that I'd have some interest in on, uh, you know, if I'm building a little money line parlay action. You can't get Uncle K to play the right game. He's playing his own, he's doing his own teasers here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're going to money line around right and tease, but listen, we got to – you asked me money line here. I, I mean, the D's, I, I don't know what to tell you here as far as I'm teasing down there. Like, what am I going to tease the thousands up? So, no, no. We got, you know, I give you a few dogs there. The D, you know, I don't know what you want from me with the teaser here. You, know, you want to put the teaser in, put all the bucks in there. So, no, we're not doing the teaser. We're in a money line. So. the teaser already. No, oh, shoot. Oh. You know, you, you, you want Uncle Gator to get forward things in the game. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Tell everyone where they can find your stuff. Uh, we were at Joey Kinnish 22. Uh, you'll see the Josh Allen fan page this year. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, frequent guest on uh, You Better You Bet uh, and on uh, Line Sniper, another weekly. I'm doing too much freaking content right now. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, a couple of different shows out there. Hopefully get some good uh, – give you some good tips during the college football season. Uh, and at Joey Kinnish 22 on Twitter – Always a pleasure uh, to be on with you boys, and uh, you know I'm keep trying to keep you know my nephew. I can feel him sharpening it up as uh, you know each time we DM and the weeks go by here, he, he's getting there. So no, it's uh, always a pleasure being out here. Don't forget to find Kanish as well in the Bengals, uh, you know, deep dark web threads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're posting on uh, you know stripes bangleswipes.org uh, just be able to just, uh, just know that I'll see it and I might post it if you get you know, a good tidbit in but I'll give you a shout out oh absolutely love it don't forget to find Connor as well on Twitter at, at Connor Allen NFL and the pod at move the line NFL we'll be back to unpack it week five probably won't have as much fun as this one but we'll be back to do it again <laughs> thanks for sticking around <laughs>